The summer of 2024 will mark the 80th anniversary of the liberation of Europe, D-Day. But what happened in the hours leading up to the invasion in London from Churchill and Eisenhower's perspective? How did the troops feel as they crossed the channel from Portsmouth to Normandy? And what was it like liberating the City of Light, Paris? We will retrace these steps in June of 2024 and on July 4th stand in the American Cemetery and honor those who fell. Would you join us? We have only limited seats available. Kevin McCullough asking you to personally come. Colette handles the details like flights, most meals, hotels, and local experiences. Your job is to just have the time of your life. So go to thatkevintour.com and check out the trip for yourself. thatkevintour.com thatkevintour.com or call 1-800-581-8942 or thatkevintour.com Are you or a loved one battling cancer? Discover Oasis of Hope, an alternative treatment hospital where faith and medicine combine for effective healing. Listen to this testimonial from Michelle Tucker, a cancer victor. The third time I was diagnosed with breast cancer, it had spread to my pancreas, and my doctor had given me four weeks to live. I went to Oasis of Hope, and six years later, I am alive and well. Michelle's story is replicated hundreds of times over, including in the McCullough household. Hi, Kevin McCullough. I thoroughly endorse the Oasis of Hope, and I think you'll find the help that you're looking for. Call 888-500-4673 for a medical consultation and free magazine. Call 888-500-4673. That's 888-500-4673. Oasis of Hope does not guarantee specific outcomes or results. Hi, Kevin McCullough. You know, we always talk about how to keep your immune system on the healthy uh, it's your most important defense against most of the uh, wellness maladies that are out there right now. And when you talk about the little ingredients that help you the most, vitamin B12, vitamin C, vitamin D, and some zinc, you can get all of that in one place. An all-natural supply of BC Boost will help your body boost your antioxidants and fight those diseases. Uh, antioxidants like vitamin C, which helps strengthen your body's natural defense mechanisms uh, powerful antioxidants help harmful free ra- uh, neutralize harmful free radicals and help fight infections and oxidate stress and support a healthy immune system all the way around stay protected by getting your own bc boost with bc boost go to bcboost.com that's bcboost.com bcboost.com The summer of 2024 will mark the 80th anniversary of the liberation of Europe, D-Day. But what happened in the hours leading up to the invasion in London from Churchill and Eisenhower's perspective? How did the troops feel as they crossed the channel from Portsmouth to Normandy? And what was it like liberating the City of Light, Paris? We will retrace these steps in June of 2024 and on July 4th stand in the American Cemetery and honor those who fell. Would you join us? We have only limited seats available. Kevin McCullough asking you to personally come. Colette handles the details like flights, most meals, hotels, and local experiences. Your job is to just have the time of your life. So go to thatkevintour.com and check out the trip for yourself. thatkevintour.com, thatkevintour.com, or call 1-800-581-8942 or thatkevintour.com. 
You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio. So glad you're with us. Uh, breaking news, what it means, and why it matters. Where we're going to tilt uh, to the uh, legal side of the news today, and there's lots to get to. Hunter Biden may finally be indicted. Andy McCarthy will join me to discuss. And a huge win for election integrity coming out of Arizona. We'll talk about it all right now. All right, Kevin McCullough, welcome. Uh, glad you're here. Um, it's it's a very interesting uh, day to be alive and to be watching what's going on uh, because as we're going to get into on the show, uh, there's there's lots of different angles of the law and aspects of the law that affect us in so many different ways. But as someone who has been watching very carefully since the 2020 election, what is going on in the courts across the uh, across the country? As it pertains to election integrity, I've, I've been, I've been more than a little pessimistic about the uh, actual improvement of elections and of the integrity of the elections, um, in, in all but just a couple of places. Uh, I think Wisconsin's done a good job of cleaning up uh, a lot of the mess that they had. Um, but Arizona is starting to get its act together. And I really have to, I really have to hand it to some people that have been very vigilant. Uh, in in the in the issues there, because a lot of the rest of the country forgot about it, moved on, said, you know, what's happened has happened and there's nothing we can do to fix it now. Better luck next time kind of thing. But there's this group out of Washington called Restoring Integrity and Trust in Elections, R.I.T.E., that scored a, a big, big win this week uh, to restore something that I think is pretty simple to understand. Um, they, they have won on the issue of signature matching to authenticate mail-in ballots. The, um, Supreme court there, or, or the, um, the, the organization restoring integrity and trust sued the Arizona secretary of state, challenging the state's unlawful signature match process. While state law required county recorders to match mail ballot signatures with signatures in the voters registration record. So they, they had, they had signed their registration record at some point that was on file. They were supposed to match the signature to that. Um, the secretary instructed them in the last two election cycles. So this goes back to 2020 to use a broader and less reliable universe of comparison signatures which meant that the secretary was requiring ballots to be counted despite using a signature that did not match anything in the voter's registration record. And the judge said in the Superior Court of uh, for the county of Yavapai, the judge there said that this is a clear violation of the law. The court went so far as to say 
that the statute was clear and unambiguous and that the legislature intended for the recorder to attempt to match the signature on the outside of the envelope to the signature on the documents that the voter used to register. The court found that the secretary signature match process unlawfully contradicted plain language of the statute by permitting signature comparison with documents that had nothing to do with the act of registering. So you had where the law could not have been more clear. The signature on the ballot must match the signature that's on record for the voter, for that voter, when they registered to vote. They had to have a signature that matched the exact signature. And evidently what had happened, and I I don't have all of the details uh, in front of me at this very moment, but what had happened was this secretary of state under under covid. Remember, all of this shenanigan, all these shenanigans were pulled during covid. Under covid, the secretary of state wrote a guidance manual that said that they could use any number of documents to match signatures with. And in one specific county, there were 70,000 ballots that were signature approved in two seconds. So how did that happen? President Trump lost Arizona. I I think it was by less than 11,000 votes. You had 70,000 votes in one batch alone that got signature approved and counted in two seconds. The, the, the judge in this particular case probably, well, and, and he shouldn't, he does not have, this is not him weighing in on whether or not the election of 2020 or 2022 were stolen, but it sure seems to have some degree of importance on the relevant issue at hand if Arizona had been required to match signatures the way they always had. And by this judge saying that the, that the Secretary of State acted unlawfully, there should be some sort of recompense for that. There should be relief. I don't know if it's that they get to count they get to go back and, and recount and use the, the, the signature standard that they should. But how can you have honest elections if the counting of the votes cannot be done honestly? And that's what Carrie Lake has been saying since she was running, since, since the 2020 election. People in Arizona have said they're not doing this the way the law requires them to, and they're becoming the people that then have the positions to make the law. Uh, It's interesting because this may, in fact, there's another case winding its way through the Arizona courts, and it's uh, it has to do with the the secretary of state's race. And the um, the man who's running in that race, and I forget his name. Um, I may have it here quickly. Yeah, Abe Hamada. 
Abe Hamada challenged for the Secretary of State's race. In his particular lawsuit, um, there was a judge that said that he had a valid point in, in bringing his suit for appeal. But then the judge didn't want to be in hot water for opening this can of worms. So instead of signing the, the papers and giving final judgment in his case, he just said, I'm not going to sign the papers. Well, this last week, the Arizona Supreme Court and citizens across the state pelted him. And that judge finally signed his paperwork. Now Abe Hamada's um, election challenge gets to go to its next appeal. Here's, here's why that's important. That race was lost by 200 votes, and there are 9,000 votes that were cast that have not been counted that legally should have been. Um, so, and, and everybody knows those 9,000 votes exist and that they, they should be counted. So we'll see where that goes. Anyway, uh, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. Uh, we're talking legal stuff. Stay here. a child when I was abducted by the Arabs. My parents used to own livestock and my mother would do all the cooking for us. I don't remember the year that I was captured. There had never been any problems in our village. Then one day, all of a sudden, we heard that there were Arabs attacking Dinka villages throughout the south. We were so worried we could not even sleep at night. It was a big concern to my mother and my father. We were told that these Arabs were heavily armed and would kill all the animals and people when they would attack. We were very scared. Then one morning, they attacked our village. We scattered in different directions and I ran, but I was captured. My entire village was burned down and I've never seen a member of my family since. Then I was taken north into slavery. My eyes saw horrific things on that trip to the north. Women were raped right in front of us. Men were beaten and four men were killed because they tried to fight back. They were shot dead before our eyes. Once at the slave master's house, I was pretty much starved and worked brutal hours every single day doing difficult and very, very hard work. There was no relief and then they raped me. My slave master did not think of me as a human. He would not even let me go to the hospital when I fell sick. And one day I heard that there was a slave retriever from CSI close by. How I wanted to be free. That retriever secured my freedom. And thank God I was able to return to South Sudan. Thank you to each of you who helped the slaves be free. But please don't stop until we get them all. And may I just add that we are so thankful 
that you have been part of the team that has helped us liberate more than 45 slaves this year already. Of the 192 that are on the list, 45 of them uh, have been liberated, and we have more that we are about to embark upon to do. You may know the violence in, in Sudan is very dangerous right now, and yet our slave liberators are more committed than ever to getting them out, uh, to get them to safety, and to get them to uh, be reunited with their family. If you'd like to help us, here's the number, 888-342-1010, or go to bringherhome.org for all the details. Bringherhome.org, bringherhome.org. Help us put an end to slavery in this lifetime. 888-342-1010. The summer of 2024 will mark the 80th anniversary of the liberation of Europe, D-Day. But what happened in the hours leading up to the invasion in London from Churchill and Eisenhower's perspective? How did the troops feel as they crossed the channel from Portsmouth to Normandy? And what was it like liberating the City of Light, Paris? We will retrace these steps in June of 2024, and on July 4th, stand in the American Cemetery and honor those who fell. Would you join us? We have only limited seats available. Kevin McCullough asking you to personally come. Colette handles the details, like flights, most meals, hotels, and local experiences. Your job is to just have the time of your life. So go to thatkevintour.com and check out the trip for yourself. thatkevintour.com thatkevintour.com or call 1-800-581-8942 or thatkevintour.com Breaking news as it happens. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. You know, on Thursdays, we we tip to the legal side of the news and are uh, more than happy to uh, delve into some of the bigger stories. Uh, Of course, today... Uh, I think my eyes were uh, shocked when I actually saw that uh, Hunter Biden is soon to be indicted, according to federal officials. Here to discuss is uh, top prosecutor uh, Andy McCarthy, who is also the senior uh, fellow at the uh, National Review. And in terms of legal studies and uh, opinion and commentary, he is like the man to go to. That's why you see him all over Fox News. Andy, what are the feds saying about um, the supposed indictment that may be coming down this month on Hunter Biden. Well, they're now saying, Kevin, that they may indict him in two weeks. But I, I really think that we should be very skeptical of everything we're hearing from this prosecutor who obviously has spent five years trying to bury the uh, Biden administration. Uh, what I've been trying to point out to people is um, this is the easiest layup of a case of all time. It's very straightforward. All the fact, this is the gun charge against Hunter Biden, who lied on a uh, uh, federal firearms application required form that you have to fill out when you purchase a firearm uh, from a licensed dealer. So uh, he lied about his drug usage um, and should have been disqualified from getting the gun, got the gun, and then lost the gun uh, several days later. It was ultimately recovered, but you know, um, a lot of irresponsible behavior. Even even on uh, the issue of whether or not he lost it has been debated on some level, hasn't it? I mean, it was wasn't it more like dumped? Well, it was dumped, but I think you know, there's a lot of facts that uh, if this was anyone else, Kevin, we would know everything there is to know about right. This. 
but <laughs> but you know, like for example, I I explained to somebody today who's who like whose jaw dropped when I said this, but it's just a uh, it's a fact. Uh, it looks like there was actually two guns involved uh, because if you remember the what we heard about this was he lies on the form and the gun that he's talking about purchasing there is a revolver which is the gun they refer to in the uh, diversion agreement that we saw about six weeks ago. Um, but when he is recorded in the video that the New York Post has uh, shown pictures of a few days after buying the gun, when he's in a, in a room brandishing the gun with a, with a prostitute, um, that's not a revolver. It's, it looks like it's a, it's a, uh, a Glock. So it looks like there's more than one gun involved, but, but I think most people don't even uh, haven't even noticed that. Um, but my point here is just to go back to what you originally asked me. This is the layup case of all time, and it would take about 10 or 15 minutes to present it to a grand jury. Um, it would be a one paragraph indictment. So why talk about I expect maybe in two weeks after five years we're going to bring an indictment? Why don't you just go to the grand jury and indict it? That's what any other prosecutor would do. Right. They don't talk about doing it. You just go do it. And the thing is, Weiss didn't really want to tell us anything yesterday about his intentions. The only reason he had to make a statement is because the judge demanded that she give him a status report on what's going on with the case because the statute of limitations is going to run at the end of this month. So she wanted to know, is there any action that I need to take here? And I think actually Weiss would have been say nothing and let the statute run. Um, so what he went in to court and did yesterday basically was say, oh, yeah, I think uh, in about two weeks we may indict him. Um, but I'll believe it when I see it. Well, it's 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 just a very different kind of slant of justice uh, compared to what uh, the, the Trump side of the equation is getting these days. And I'm just curious, um, as I guess, you know, the, the American people are going to decide for themselves, but, but ultimately this kind of, uh, two tiered or, or double sided system, this has to be seen by the voters for what it is. Do you think there's any chance that the public is not paying attention to what's going on here? I think a lot of the public is engaged. And this is an issue that's going to have a lot more resonance and be a lot more powerful in connection with the election than I think Democrats realize. Um, there are a lot of people who don't like Donald Trump, but also don't like the way he's being treated. Like, for example, um, you know, I, I find it I find and maybe this is just because what I used to do for a living, but I don't have any trouble separating out um, how I feel about some of the behavior that's been charged against Trump. And the fact that his due process rights are being run roughshod over. Right. You know, we now know he's he's been scheduled for a trial on March the 4th in connection with a case where there's 12 million documents in discovery and where the prosecutor, in order to make it difficult for Trump to prepare for trial, actually indicted him in another case in another jurisdiction a thousand miles away, which means. You know, I, even if he had nothing going at all but the post-January 6th case uh, in Washington, that would be very hard to get prepared for by March 4th. 
But under circumstances where the prosecutor made sure that another major case was brought against him. So he, he and then pushed the judge in Florida to set an early trial date um, to make it very difficult for Trump to prepare for trial to me is outrageous. And if you add to that the fact that Smith and the judge there, Judge Tanya Chuckin, a um, the Obama appointee who's got the case in Washington. Right. They're both saying that uh, they have to act quickly because of the public interest in a speedy resolution of this case. The public doesn't have speedy trial rights. The Constitution gives a speedy trial right to the defendant, to the accused. What the judge's job is to do the due administration of justice, which means if you're in a complicated case, you make sure that the defendant has enough time to prepare for trial. And it just seems to me they're doing exactly the opposite. Isn't that the basis for an appeal? And could could that even be appealed pre-trial? Yeah, well, that's the big question. You know, the, the preference. Because I would just think, law. and I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just think yeah, 12.8 sure. million documents. How does how does any legal team prepare? And you not only have to have the ability to have access to the documents, you have to know what they say. And you're allowed a just defense of whatever that evidence uh, imposes. Yes. Not only is that all right, but, you know, one of the things Smith did was say, well, yeah, it's 12.8 million documents, but we've we've compiled a uh, a binder here that has all the important stuff. No, no, so no, now, no, no. Is no, it not no. to the prosecution? They're going to tell the defense what the, what the important right. stuff is. Right. I'd trust you that know. about as far as I could kick it. I mean, that's right. what, that's oh, they, they and they actually did that. They did a summary binder awful for nice me. Of them, though. Awful nice of them. Well. Yeah. And who knows if there was any exculpatory stuff that didn't happen to make it into the binder. Um, Andy, let me ask you, what what's your sense? You, you've been around a long time. You've prosecuted a lot of cases. Do any of these things get appealed? Do we have an election? I mean, Trump's likely the nominee, although we haven't begun to cast the votes yet. But I, I if he doesn't get knocked out in Iowa, New Hampshire or South Carolina, I don't see him. I see him running the table on Super Tuesday. I don't know who at that point uh, outdoes him. So if he if he goes three and zero out of the shoot, you're looking at a very likely matchup of the current resident of the White House and the guy previous to him, and all of this all of this legal garbage hanging in the air. What what do you, what is your sense of what happens? See, Kevin, you know it's never happened before in the history of the country, so it's really hard to say because we just we just don't know and i keep saying anybody who tells you they know what's going to happen here is either lying or smoking yeah well i appreciate your candidness in that regard all right andy mccarthy always appreciate your insights thank you for your time thanks kevin you got it kevin mccullough coming right back don't go away nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule changing the world one life at a time I'm older and I have more energy, just like all the commercials that I see on TV. So it really is a help uh, to my well-being. I'm 80 years old. I clean up after 450 kids in the cafeteria for three hours. And then I clean 300 steps. And then I, I vacuum carpets and clean halls in five hours. Because you know, for an 80-year-old, that's a lot to do. And I still have energy after work. I consider it a, a great success. Start your journey to better health with Balance of Nature. For a limited time this summer, get $25 off your first order as a preferred customer, plus a free fruits and veggies travel set with free shipping and our money-back guarantee. Go to balanceofnature.com or call 1-800-246-8751 and get this special offer by using discount code KMC. 
Are you or a loved one battling cancer? Discover Oasis of Hope, an alternative treatment hospital where faith and medicine combine for effective healing. Listen to this testimonial from Michelle Tucker, a cancer victor. The third time I was diagnosed with breast cancer, it had spread to my pancreas, and my doctor had given me four weeks to live. I went to Oasis of Hope, and six years later, I am alive and well. Michelle's story is replicated hundreds of times over, including in the McCullough household. Hi, Kevin McCullough. I thoroughly endorse the Oasis of Hope, and I think you'll find the help that you're looking for. Call 888-500-4673 for a medical consultation and free magazine. Call 888-500-4673. That's 888-500-4673. Oasis of Hope does not guarantee specific outcomes or results. Hello, I'm Mike Vendell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. When I got MyPillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night, and I wake up more well-rested in the morning. That's why I invented MyPillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. I'm interrupting this commercial to bring you my BOGO extravaganza. For example, you get one of my Giza Dream bed sheets and you get a second set absolutely free. Or my six-piece towel sets. Buy one set, get another one absolutely free. Or get my classic premium my pillow and get another one absolutely free. So call the number on your screen or go to MyPillow.com and use your promo code to get my buy one, get one free offers. And get deep discounts on all my pillow products. That's MyPillow.com promo code. KMC. Hi, Kevin McCullough. I want to talk to you about immune systems. You know, that part of you that helps you fight off things like the common cold, which happens to be a coronavirus, COVID-19, RSV, other upper respiratory infections. Plus, maybe you feel, uh, I don't know, worn down or stressed out. Maybe you need help regulating blood pressure or insulin. Did you know that vitamin D3 does all of that? Vitamin D is not really a vitamin. It's a different type of substance. Your body actually helps make it when sunshine is exposed. But it also plays a very big role in your immune system. And if you have autoimmune dysfunction, it even helps you in that regard. Get your D3 all you need by taking BC Boost. Dr. Jeanette Nishwat's uh, little creation, BC Boost, it's combination of b12 vitamin c vitamin d and a little bit of zinc to help you stay immune positive that's bcboost.com bcboost.com obliterating confusion amplifying truth and pursuing clarity it's kevin mccullough radio All right, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. You know, on Thursdays, we tilt towards the legal end of the spectrum, and um, I am so honored to have my next guest with me. In fact, uh, for a while, uh, well, he's he's you hear him all the time on my show, uh, but there's these little spots. But we used to we used to chat a little bit about uh, what he would have coming up on his show in the weekend. And it is by far uh, the the firm and the legal team that I endorse and tell people about when they're talking about how to set up their end of life planning. I'm talking about, of course, Mike Connors of Connors and Sullivan. Mike, it's good to have you on the show. Thanks for being here. 
Um, let me ask you, you, you know, we talk about very specific kind of niche questions with your question of the week each week. Let me ask you a, a, a kind of a more 35,000 foot view question. What should someone do if they've never decided to take control of their of their planning for end of life? Where where do they start? Maybe they've they've gotten into mid to late adulthood and they're like, I haven't even done one thing of this. Where where do they begin? You know, first of all, everybody should have a will. I don't care what your circumstances are. Everybody should have a will. A will is a writing that disposes of assets in your name alone. It's got to be witnessed by two people legally, and it appoints an executor. And that's one of the most important parts about a will. You don't want chaos after you're gone. You want somebody in charge, and that person is your executor, who 90 95% of the time is going to be a family member, spouse, son, daughter, trusted nephew or niece, whatever. And that's an extremely important document to have. And people come to me, well, I've got everything with beneficiaries. I don't need a will. But things happen in this world. You know, you, you could be passed away in an accident. You could be hit by a bus. Who, who's in charge of the lawsuit? Who collects the money from the lawsuit? Uh, you, you have some miscellaneous assets. You have checks in the mail. You have a car. You have a checking account with nobody's name on it. Everybody should have a will. That's really without exception. But a will is a very limited document. One of the limitations of will is it has no effect when you're alive. So if you want to put somebody in place to pay your bills, protect your assets, God forbid you have a stroke or another disabling illness, then you think about a PAV attorney, a durable PAV attorney. And that's where you appoint someone, again, usually a family member, to pay your bills, protect your assets. God forbid you have a stroke or another disabling illness. Now, you have to be careful about a PAV attorney. Because if you give it to the wrong person, they could wipe you out. They could steal you blind. Right. But at the same time, if you don't have a PAV attorney and somebody needs to access assets, then you have to go through court. And in my experience, going through court, just the total amount of fees is staggering sometimes because you're paying for, you know, a lawyer for the person who's trying to appoint a guardian. You pay for a lawyer for the person who's having guardian appointed. You maybe have some court-appointed lawyers to investigate the case. And sometimes, you know, the, the fees can be staggering. So one way to avoid that is to have a family member, hopefully a family member you trust, to be your PAV attorney, to pay your bills, protect your assets in case, you know, you suffer from a disabling illness. Or in some cases, you're just 95 years old and you don't want to pay your bills anymore. Well, and the, Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, so the, the will, the power of attorney – uh, these are like kind of no brainers and everybody should do them. Um, we've talked a little bit in, uh, well, we've talked a lot about, uh, trusts. Uh, how, how important is it for everyone to have, uh, trusts in addition to their, their will? Well, I would say as a blanket statement, if you own real estate, it's pretty important to do a trust because, you know, you can avoid probate. You can go through it going through court. If you have somebody else's name on your assets, so if you have bank accounts and trust or joint, if you have a brokerage account that's TOD, transfer on death, uh, you have your IRA with beneficiaries, those assets will not go through court, will not, will avoid probate. But if you own real estate, the only effective way to avoid probate on real estate is to do a trust agreement. Yeah, you can put your son or daughter's name on the deed, but so many bad things can happen. When you do that, you put your son's name on the deed. He's married. He dies before you. All of a sudden, you're in partnership with his wife. And you may not be crazy about that, especially when she gets remarried in a couple of years and part of your house may go to an absolute stranger. <laughs> so that's where the trust 
that's where the trust comes into play. You control where the house goes, where your co-op condo house, where it goes. It goes to your son or your daughter. If something happens to your son and he passes away before a year, normally the share would go to his children, your grandchildren, not his wife. And it goes out tax-free in New York up to $6.5 million. And that's $6.5 million for husband, $6.5 million for wife, if we plan it right. So we can get $13 million out tax-free. That is that is a huge deal. Friends, we barely scratched the surface here, but you can understand my great affection for Mike Connors and his entire team. I would really strongly encourage you, anything related to your end-of-life planning, 718-238-6500 is that number, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, sure appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you again, Kevin. You got it. Kevin McCullough, coming right back. Stay here. The summer of 2024 will mark the 80th anniversary of the liberation of Europe, D-Day. But what happened in the hours leading up to the invasion in London from Churchill and Eisenhower's perspective? How did the troops feel as they crossed the channel from Portsmouth to Normandy? And what was it like liberating the City of Light, Paris? We will retrace these steps in June of 2024, and on July 4th, stand in the American Cemetery and honor those who fell. Would you join us? We have only limited seats available. Kevin McCullough asking you to personally come. Colette handles the details like flights, most meals, hotels, and local experiences. Your job is to just have the time of your life. So go to thatkevintour.com and check out the trip for yourself. Thatkevintour.com. Thatkevintour.com. Or call 1-800-581-8942 or thatkevintour.com. For those of you that know, we have been doing all that we can to help liberate human trafficking and human slaves uh, with Christian Solidarity International this year. It's our annual cause, and we have 192 names of women that need our assistance this year. Uh, Women that have experienced some excruciating things. And I want to say thank you to those of you that have already called, 888-342-1010. We have helped liberate uh, more than a dozen now this year. But I want to tell you the story of Ayak. Ayak uh, was born in northern Sudan. She was born into slavery. Her mother and father had been taken from South Sudan when they were just young kids. Uh, and she grew up as a slave's uh, child. She saw her mother regularly be beaten by her Arab slave master. Then there was the day that her father was told to go to the farm to work. But because of how sick he was, he physically couldn't walk. His master got so angry at him, he said, you dirty, dirty, dirty dog, if you don't go to the farm, you will die. He couldn't walk, so the Arab master shot my father dead right in front of me, says Ayak when she tells her story later. Uh, As she was growing up and getting a little bit older, that master sold her out to another master who raped her repeatedly, who forced her to uh, commit uh, genital mutilation on herself, and who told her that uh, she would not get to keep the children that she had from that slave master. Uh, She would do hard work every day, carry water, long distances, uh, clean clothing, clean things in the house, uh, take abuse from the Arab master's wife. She said, I have seen so many slaves in the area who face the same thing as me. 
She said, but then one day a retriever found me. I was walking to the well to fetch water. He asked me to leave and go with him. His name was Osman Bashir, and he had many men with him. They took me to his camp and brought me back to South Sudan. Friends, that's the story of an actual liberation of an actual slave. And that's the people that we help when you call 888-342-1010. There are 175 women that we know we can yet save this year. We just need your help. 888-342-1010. 888-342-1010. Help us liberate every slave right now. For $250, you not only affect their liberation, but you set them up with everything they need for a new life uh, in their home in South Sudan, uh, including grain, seed, utensils, uh, other things that they need to create uh, a life for themselves. And you do it when you call 888-342-1010. Or go to bringherhome.org. Across the globe, learn why it matters first on Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, Kevin McCullough, you know, on Thursdays, we tend to skew a little bit towards the legal end of things. And I'm so pleased that Plaza College of uh, New York has uh, come alongside and decided that they were going to be a sponsor of these discussions. And one of the really fun things I love about Plaza College is that they are helping people find careers that some people didn't even know they wanted to do, that didn't even know that it could be um, fun to do. And I'm talking, of course, about court reporting. I've learned a lot about it in the last year uh, in our discussions with different people from Plaza College. But somebody who uh, probably knows the profession as well as anybody professionally that we could bring on is my next guest. Uh, Anthony Frizzalone joins us, uh, and he is a he is the chief court reporter for the Eastern District of new york and he joins us uh, anthony it's good to have you with us um thank you kevin you you work uh in a pretty big court um situation i mean the, the eastern district handles a lot of big cases how long have you been doing it and what brought you to the profession of court reporting so my total time in the court reporting profession is it'll uh, as a matter of fact it'll be 30 years in february so i started <laughs> in 1994 uh right out of school and uh, I've been with the federal court. It'll be 19 years in December. Well, and wh- the the idea that took you there was what? Well, while I was in high school, I, I went to a, a Catholic high school in the Bronx, and uh, the the religious order was focused on education. And so I thought I had a calling to become a teacher. And I have you know a, a very dear aunt of mine. She was a, a assistant principal in the public schools and worked her way up through the teaching ranks and we had talked and and then one day my uncle her brother who was a supervising court clerk in criminal court in manhattan said to me why do you want to become a teacher for? you know and this was back in the early 90s when <laughs> teachers weren't really making a high salary and you know still don't and he said why don't you come down to the courthouse so i went so i went one day on my day off from school with him he showed me around you know all the different job titles and and at the basically the end of the day i met the court reporters and, and so when I sat down with them and they started talking to me about the machine, the, it, it started to make sense to me because I, I come from a musical background. I, I'm, I play the drum since I was 14. And 
it, it reminded me of sitting behind a musical instrument. And especially when the reporters started talking about theory and reading your notes and, you know, it all clicked like, Hey, this is like reading music and, you know, you're performing in front of people. So it, it was very comfortable for me. And I basically looked at them. And I'm like, all right, so where do you go to school? And they said, right up on Broadway. And at the time, the core reporting school, um, Plaza College's predecessor actually um, was right there on Broadway. And I said, this is perfect. I grew up in the Bronx. It was a train ride down on the number six line. And it was just, it just all made sense. And it was a perfect fit. And so I graduated high school in 91 June. And three months later, I started my call. Wow. Um, yeah. So in 30 years, uh, hence, you're still doing it. What do you love about it? You know, I love working with, well, I love working with the people, uh, the, the, the staff of core reporters, whether it's been here at the Houston district or my previous assignments in state court, they're all wonderful people and they all come from very diverse backgrounds and, and, and they make the job interesting just, you know, in the office, in the courtroom. Again, I meet all types of lawyers, you know, whether it's from the civil side, the criminal side, you know, they're, they're amazing people. Um, you know, and, and no one and no day is exactly like the other. You know, this isn't like some office jobs where it's the same paperwork. It's the same sort of routine. I, I could have a gun possession case on Monday and have another one on Tuesday with totally different fact pattern. And, and, and it's just all sorts of interesting again. Yeah. You know, and, and, and so like no, no day is exactly the same. And that's what keeps me coming back. I mean, and, and, you know. Were you interested in, uh, in legal crime, you know, crime dramas, stuff on TV, uh, criminal mysteries, mystery books? Did, I mean, did you have a kind of a, uh, of a taste for this kind of universe before you started? Um, I mean, I read, you know, I mean, I read some Hardy Boys. Um, you know, of course, I grew up in the era of like when Law and Order was new right. and, and L.A. Law. I, I watched them, but I wasn't like like some people who watched them religiously. And so it was there. I, I think it was more that like my uncle would come home or I'd go to his house and, and we would talk and he would talk about different cases. And that made it interesting. And then, of course, like in high school, I took a business law class where we talked about the legal system. And, and so th there was that little part of me that was like, oh, you know, this could be interesting. Yeah. You know, Um and of course, but something different every day and you, 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 would, you would have no idea day to day just how interesting it would be. Uh, we're speaking with Anthony Frizzalone, uh, who is the chief court reporter for the Eastern District of New York, and he uh, is a friend of Plaza College. Um, we've been talking about their school of court reporting, and of course, they graduated another class of reporters this last year. Um, Anthony, talk about the training and the education, how long it takes and how quickly someone could really start seeing a change in their life. Well, school is supposed to be like two years. The, the actual program so you so um within two years you could be out working again th this is a skill and so people acquire skills at different levels right and, and at different rates of speed so like for myself i went you know to school full-time right i was you know so i graduated from high school and went to this full-time and it took me two and a half years so, you know you, you do get we we call it stuck but that, that's probably like not really the right word it's really more making that mind body connection. And so like once I made those connections, I flew through school. So it, it was just a matter of just overcoming whatever was going on and and getting through it. But 
I was hired. I graduated in February 94. I think I was hired by a, a core reporting firm like in November. So I had a job waiting for me. <laughs> yeah. And well, and that's <laughs> as we speak with the, the folks at Plaza and some of the uh, graduates, that is increasingly the case. The need right now, friends, for those of you listening, um, is huge, not not only in the courts, but in the private sector. Anthony Friz, uh, Frizzalone, thank you so much for uh, jumping on with us. I think it's just helpful. You know, you, you mentioned getting to meet the court reporters for the first time and kind of hearing them talk about it. I think that that, as much as anything, helps uh, the people that listen to me understand the, the opportunity and the value here just to hear people like yourself that have done it for 30 years and really enjoy it. Uh, and friends, you could start, you could start a whole new chapter of your life. Uh, go to plazacollege.edu. That's plazacollege.edu and click on the court reporting program and get started. And they've got a two week kind of mini, mini course that you can start with that is absolutely free right there on the website, plazacollege.edu and get started today. Anthony Frizzalone, thank you so much. Thank you, Kevin, for having me on. Thank you, you very much. Thank you. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule. Changing the world one life at a time. I ran this by my doctor. I always run it by her, everything I take. And I told her I've been taking this for a while. Is this, is this okay to take? She goes, oh, this is wonderful for you to take. Keep taking it. She goes, I approved this. This is very good. So she said, yes, she said, this is one thing you can take that's very good. I'm not going to stop taking Balance of Nature. Start your journey to better health with Balance of Nature. Call one 800 246 or go to balanceofnature.com. For a limited time this summer, get $25 off your first order as a preferred customer, plus a free fruits and veggies travel set with free shipping and our money-back guarantee. That's 1-800-246-8751. Go to balanceofnature.com or call 1-800-246-8751 and get this special offer by using discount code KMC. Hello, I'm Mike Vendell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest-growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. When I got MyPillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night, and I wake up more well-rested in the morning. That's why I invented MyPillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. I'm interrupting this commercial to bring you my BOGO extravaganza. For example, you get one of my Giza Dream bed sheets and you get a second set absolutely free. Or my six-piece towel sets. Buy one set, get another one absolutely free. Or get my classic premium my pillow and get another one absolutely free. So call the number on your screen or go to MyPillow.com and use your promo code to get my buy one, get one free offers. And get deep discounts on all my pillow products. That's MyPillow.com promo code. KMC. The summer of 2024 will mark the 80th anniversary of the liberation of Europe, D-Day. But what happened in the hours leading up to the invasion in London from Churchill and Eisenhower's perspective? How did the troops feel as they crossed the channel from Portsmouth to Normandy? And what was it like liberating the City of Light, Paris? We will retrace these steps in June of 2024, and on July 4th, stand in the American Cemetery and honor those who fell. Would you join us? We have only limited seats available. Kevin McCullough asking you to personally come. Colette handles the details like flights, most meals, hotels, and local experiences. Your job is to just have the time of your life. 
So go to thatkevintour.com and check out the trip for yourself. thatkevintour.com, thatkevintour.com, or call 1-800-581-8942 or thatkevintour.com. you need to know when you need it it's kevin mccullough radio all right final few minutes uh grateful to have you with us uh, per usual um and as we talk about legal stuff uh imran ansari hopefully will be back soon and we'll we'll have more fun more fun and hijinks with imran he he um, was busy with mr dershowitz um and uh, a big big thing that they're working on uh today so uh there you go anyway um Final final legal story for tonight out of Texas. A judge there has ordered the state to remove a buoy barrier along the Rio Grande River. Now, the Rio Grande River is the southern border of Texas that connects with Mexico. Um, this judge, who is from the uh, western district of Texas, said that they have to remove a 1,000-foot floating border barrier uh, by September 15th. Um, it's made up of orange buoys anchored by concrete blocks, um, and they put it in the river to make it harder for people to get across the river because people are getting across the river to come into Texas illegally. And it's they're not supposed to do that. I know that I know that nobody fathoms this, but you're not supposed to just walk into the United States. There is a process by which you're allowed entry and just fly out of our country and come back through one of our ports at any of our airports here in the tri-state area. You'll find that out. You have to wait in line. They have to check your ID. They have to know who you are. That's the way you come into the United States. Um, the judge also said that Texas may not extend the barrier, which they had planned on doing. Um, and this is a part, this is all part of the state's efforts to cut down on immig illegal immigration in their state from a state level because the federal government has stopped doing anything to prevent illegal immigration. The governor of Texas, Mr. Abbott, Greg Abbott, announced immediately that he he had appealed the decision. And he said, if I have to, I'll take this to the Supreme Court. He, here's what he said. Texas will appeal. Today's court decision merely prolongs President Biden's willful refusal to acknowledge that Texas is rightfully stepping up to do the job that he should have been doing all along. And he's right. This The, the governor is right. The, the governor shouldn't have to be doing what he's doing using state resources to protect its barrier, its border, that, sh that is rightfully the job of the federal government. But what do you do when the federal government does not do its job? You're just going to let chaos ensue? The only responsible thing that a governor, a governor in his situation could do is exactly what he's doing. Start coming up with solutions. Figure out workarounds. And it reminds me all the time. I, I have this conversation with my kids all the time, especially my boys. Guys, you may do any number of things for your, for your life. Your profession, your vocation 
could be any number of things, but at the end of the day, your job is two things. Think and solve problems. If you do that, then you're being a good human being. <laughs> Kevin McCullough, we'll see you next time.